today on the breakdown, you wake up and it's that day. It's the day of the year you've been waiting for. It's not your birthday. It's not your mom's birthday either. It's day one of the main event. And you think that's exciting, and it probably is. You're a good player. You got a shot to really do something. But one of the things that happens in the main event, of course, is that you never know who's going to sit at your table or even who's going to sit to your direct left. Sometimes it's players who are very good and are going to make your life very, very difficult. And it's just the luck of the draw. And, well, guess what? That's what's going to happen to our friend Jack Oliver. Jack Oliver? Jack Oliver uh, here from the 2021 main event, day one. Because Chino Ream is going to sit down next to him. And you may say to yourself, Chino Ream, I mean, he's pretty good, I guess. Is he that good? It ain't like Jason Kuhn. It's not like Jason Kuhn. But Chino Ream lives to make other people's lives incredibly, incredibly hard. And being with him on your left, that just seems like an unfair thing to have happen on really any day of the main event, especially day one. That just sort of sucks. And Jack's going to have to navigate this, and he's going to have to navigate it right now because we're going to do a hand right now about it from day one of the main event on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Corrections Department. It is the 2022 main event. Damn it. Jack Oliver finished third in the 2021 main event. Oh, so the whole thing's not... I mean, it's different. It's just really... Jack Oliver's like, I mean, I'm fine. Like, fuck you, Chino. (laughs) Well, no. I mean, does... not at all. Of course This is a big deal tournament for everybody. Not only for the money, but, like, it's the the tournament, man. It's the main event. Yeah. No, of course. And Chino Ream is one of the last people I'd want to see seated on my left on day one of the main event. Because day one of the main event is about picking off the noobs, right? Like, that's your main goal. The good thing about, though, having Chino on your, on your left on day one versus a later day is you're deep enough that you can afford to, like, let him make plays at you. And you can decide not to fold, and it doesn't ruin your whole tournament if you're wrong. As opposed to, like, day three, often you're just wrecked if you're wrong. You know Still. what I mean? That's a big difference. It's like, oh, I called and I lost 20% of my stack, but that as opposed to, like, almost all my stack or the entire thing because the blinds have, you know, the blinds have gotten bigger, et cetera, et yeah. cetera. So that's different. So he can't threaten you in the same ways as often. Fine, but he doesn't rank very high on players I would want on my left no. on any day. But day one, like of, I think I'd rather have Jason Kuhn than 100%. Chino Reem. Hundred percent. Even though I think Jason Kuhn is a better player, Chino Reem is an excellent player. He really knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, but he's just more aggressive, and that's a problem. I think all the um, really good, like best players in the world types, the Dan Smiths, the David Peters, all those guys, I'd way rather have them on my left than Chino Ream. Or most like of Michael Mizraki or somebody like that. I think, actually, I'd, I'd, Mike Mizraki is so spewy, I feel like I might be able to handle that more. Maybe. So Chino Ream feels like it's, it's a more selective a more spewiness. Thoughtful. Yeah, which I think is going to be a little harder to deal yeah. with, is my guess. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's my, that's my impression anyway. Yeah. I mean, who's the last person you want on your left on day one of the main event? I don't know, man. What do you got? Probably Michael Adamo. Oh, Michael Adamo would be very challenging. That would yeah. be really, really tough. Because he's to like those with. elite guys, except he's probably going to take yeah. shots at you constantly anyway. And he will still put your entire tournament at risk. Yeah, he'll he just bet five times the pot. Yeah, and you're just going to fold constantly, and it's going to be very, very tilting. Yeah. Very, very tilting. You're going to have to pick him off at some point, and it's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> or it'll be great. No, right, right. No, but it's going to suck up until the moment he says you're good. It's going to really suck. Yeah. And also, maybe he's not even doing that on day one, but the threat of him doing it is, makes everything problematic. Yeah, it's not a good spot. I remember playing with Faraz Jaka on uh, day, I think it was day one. It might, no, it was day two. Day two of a $1,500 event at the uh, World Series of Poker. And I was like very clear. I was like, I'm just not going to play pots with this guy if I don't have to. Like, right. and I watched him just put everyone in trouble all the time. Like, he just is going to constantly, he just put everyone to a decision pretty much constantly. This was like six years ago, seven years ago, too. So he's probably a little more spewy then, but in difficult ways, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I remember just like opening an early position with King Jack of Spades. He called the big blind call. The flop is like ace four X. And I just like checked for us bets a third of the pot. The big blind falls. I'm like, take it down, buddy. You know, I'm like, I'm not getting involved here. Like I know what am I going to do? Like, I'm just not playing against you, man. I've seen him float with ridiculous hands and call flop, call turn, shove river. I've just seen him do that too much. Even just in that one day of playing with him. So it's like, you, you win, you win. You're out playing everyone. I acknowledge this, you know, like I'll wait, I'll wait for a better spot. You know, Joe McKeehan might be pretty tough. 
Joe McKeon is tough, but he does a lot of pot control stuff. So as opposed to Faraz, who doesn't. The guys who the guys who are willing to really light it up are the guys who you can get the most chips out of, but are the most difficult to play against. Yeah. I would say. And I think Gino Reams in that category. Oh, absolutely. Guys who are just going to raise you because they feel like it. I mean, that's tough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to explore that. I mean, you just got to call more against them, really. But you know, you don't want to on day one of the main event well, or any whole, day of the, the main event. The whole point is to avoid even exactly. even though we know these players have these tendencies. Guess who else is at the table? Everybody Fucking else, Joe yeah. from from everywhere who right. doesn't know how the hell to play poker at all. And this is his one tournament he plays a year. It's a weird thing though because on one level. Yes, you, you may just have to pay the Chino tax or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I have to pay a little bit. I have to lose a little bit extra to him that I wouldn't normally lose, so I get to play against all these other guys at some normal rate. But the other side of it is, if you show him early on that you're not just going to be pushed around, yeah. you do a hero, even if it doesn't work, he may be a little less likely to try and bluff you, and maybe that means you don't have to pay the Chino tax. And maybe you're right, by the way. You pick him off. And then, of course, the thing is, a guy like Chino or Mizraki just keeps trying anyway, don't they? They don't mm. really slow down. Um, maybe day guys, one of the main. They those do. guys, I don't know, because I have my version of doing that with players yeah. who are not Chino Reem, but you know, like some of the more aggressive, better players in our pool of of players that we play with frequently in the Pacific Northwest. Here, like years ago, against the guy who does the best in tournaments in the Pacific Northwest. Well, second best now after Angela Jordanson. I don't know if you guys have heard of her, but she's they probably have. She's a son, a daughter of the Pacific Northwest, and has been <laughs> crushing it. Yes, she completely has. crushing it, but. Um, Max Young is the other guy I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He's a good pro. And I did the thing where I like four bet him and like went for big sizing flop turn and river in like the biggest tournament of, of the, of the Pacific Northwest year, you know, or this was like three or four years ago and it worked, but it really felt like, was that fucking worth it? Like, right. you know, we're, we're like 300 blinds deep. I just put 180 blinds at risk, you know, for what to, yeah. to like kind of, a, I did, it did kind of establish a thing where, where he'd. And maybe he actually had it that time because he three bet me pre flop plus one. But I was like, I'm just not letting this happen. You he know? definitely had it. Yeah. <laughs> he's not just that. He's yeah, yeah. not spewy like that. No, I, he, he's not spewy, but he's definitely very aggressive. And yeah, not 300 blinds deep on day one. I don't think he when, go- he, when he under the gun, he's plus one. I mean, come he on. goes for it, man. He really goes for okay. it. But we don't need to debate no, this let's right not now. Do that. The point is, like, it got through, and that was nice. But like, yeah. the risk reward felt wrong. Exactly, it felt bad. Exactly, yeah. No, I think guys who are the, the chinos of the world, you have to pick some hands that you're going to call with that you just wouldn't have called with against other players. You just have to draw a line in the sand to some degree, just a little bit more at least. Open that up, open up your calling range a little bit. Otherwise, they will walk all over you. And maybe on day one, it doesn't matter so much because the chips aren't that important that you lose. You're not losing that much until late in the day anyway, and you probably move tables anyway. But You lose opportunity, though. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and, and you, you lose, lose cushion. The, cushion and opportunity. And, and that you're not just losing opportunity, um, like the obvious opportunity, but also like if he makes a few less plays at you, that's other kinds of opportunities that open up, you yeah. know, like in the future, like that you can't see. Yeah. Like when he folds instead of three bets you so with his ace three off because he's like, yeah, you know what? That kid is like a little less likely to just give it up. Right. And you had eight, nine suited and you were going to fold based right. on positions and stuff. But this right. time you get to see a flop with eight, nine suited. You know? Yeah. And win yeah. the pot sometimes. Yeah. 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 So it just sucks. Yep. Like day one of the main event, really, you got like an aggressive pro on your left. That seems unfair. It seems really annoying. It's going to happen to a fair amount of people. It but, has to. But not the majority. Yeah. You know, the majority is like, oh, this is great. What a good table I got. It's mm-hmm. day one of the main event. That's usually what the experience is going to be. Indeed. It's great to have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are we just going to talk about poker this whole podcast? It feels like it. That's weird. Just, just go with it. Just spotty so- surf right into it, buddy. Like Luke Longley? Like into the foam, yes. Just like Luke Longley. Yeah. Right into the foam. I, I assume you understood that reference, but nobody else did. Oh, I did, yeah, of course. Yeah. He's an ex-Chicago Bulls center from Australia who mm-hmm. does surfing, right? No, you almost got it. What, what part? He doesn't do surfing? He had to miss like half of a season because he injured his back body surfing. Oh, so yeah. yeah. So Oh, but I didn't get the, the yeah. injury part. Yeah, that was the whole right. like thing. Whatever, he did surfing. <laughs> Good enough. Everybody does. He doesn't... <laughs> Everybody, everybody body does. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're so annoyed right now that I... Everybody body <laughs> surfs. Sound like you that. know that. Especially NBA players. Australians. I mean, it's oceans everywhere. It's, a, it's completely surrounded by ocean. It's like... You have to body there, surf. There are seven oceans, but in Australia, it's like there's like more. There's like yeah. 11 oceans or 12 oceans. It's what it 13. feels like. It's like ocean's 11. Ocean's 12. Ocean's 8. Ocean's 13. You sexist. They're actually making another oceans movie. It's a prequel. Is it with the men or the women? The men. Okay. Is it with the actors or no? Is it, it's, it's a prequel. 
Okay. So everyone's younger. So it's like Tom Holland for sure is going to be in that. Um, he, I don't think he is, but that would be a reasonable thing. I just saw this yesterday, actually. I can't remember who's in it. They've cast the main, the, the lead man in female. I assume it's the Julia Roberts, George Clooney roles, but I don't know. Man, we finally didn't talk about poker. It feels good. Feels <sighs> good. It does feel good to me, too. Do you know Brad Pitt is 60? What? Yeah. Tom Cruise is 60. I know that. Those guys are 60. I saw a photo of Tom Cruise from um, Minority Report, because Netflix just like threw that out. You know how there's always the splash for Netflix, the splash image of like whatever thing they're like... Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, all your normal stuff. And also this new thing. And then for some reason, Minority Report was there for sure. me yesterday on my phone or whatever. And I was just looking at Tom Cruise and how insanely young he looked there. And I guess he was probably 30 or something. I mean, what was that? The late 90s? Minority I don't Report? know. Yeah. That's yeah. a good movie, by the way. Uh, maybe, thir- maybe he was 35, but he looked very young. And considering now, I mean, he finally looks old. Like, we finally yeah. hit old Tom Cruise. It took a very long time. He did great. But, yeah. He, feet, he, high feet and level. <laughs> that's right yeah that's right alright poker okay we'll do poker great this was suggested by Casper potentially the goat yeah not Casper the ghost Casper no. the goat yeah would that's you funny. you would agree potentially the goat no no the goat yeah come on he's who's, on Mount Rushmore isn't that enough who's the goat one of the other guys on Mount Rushmore which one who else is on Mount Rushmore these days well it, I don't know Historically We haven't done this for a while mm. The historical names yeah. Of Mount Rushmore Do it that way Brian with a Y He was the original goat Yes um, I don't think he's in the goat conversation anymore though he's It's been too long Too short lived of a He was like yeah. Gail Sayers You know Only played for four yeah, years Nice Walter, Walter Payton um, It's the opposite Yeah uh, Did Walter Payton play for a long time <laughs> They were both Chicago Bears running backs Emmett Smith alone. Is maybe the opposite yeah. um, So Mark Testart And Ben Page yeah. Alex Trembath is somewhere in that conversation. Somewhere. Yeah. Chris Jones is walking towards the, the he statues. Actually, He's he actually is. doing it right now. Yeah. He's doing quite well. Uh, Ruthino is doing a yep. pretty decent job of that as well, yeah. as far as suggesting is concerned. I would say Casper, though, has sustained not the level of excellence that was peak Casper. That's the thing. But has overall been excellent throughout and often suggest hands that nobody else suggests that are good hands which is also is an underrated part of being the goat that's true who's got the most suggestions all time that have been turned into breakdown hands that is a difficult question i mean someone do run the numbers and let me know i'm gonna guess it's ben page or casper maybe test art it could be test art could be brian with a y i don't think so Nah, i don't think it's brian with a y those hands were good though sure those were some quality hands (laughs) remember those days (laughs) This show is old, man. We've been doing this for... 2014? Eight years, yeah. And almost like eight and a half years. I think then? it was early 2014. Wasn't it May, like March it was when we May started? May 2014. When we first started with... Yeah. Hand, it, were we even called, it wasn't even Hand of the Week yet. I don't even know It was we like were. the Portland Poker Podcast. Yeah. And then after like episode three, I was like, this should be called Hand of the Week and it should be... We yeah. should actually just analyze a hand. And then we did. Yeah. And uh, here we are. Yeah, so... so crazy. Eight and a half years. That's messed up. Yeah. That's too long. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> How dare you keep suggesting hands? Yeah. No, seriously, though, everybody should keep suggesting hands. Please do. Do it on Discord. Do it on Twitter. Do it wherever you can find us. Mm. You know, do it in person, but you know, actually do it via text because I don't, I'm not going to remember. Via text? You know, like if you're going to see me and say, hey, uh, I have a hand for you, that's not going to be that useful. Yeah, Stuart, Stuart from Poker Time likes to do that. He's like, I have a great hand. It's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, you have to. Just, I'm never going to try and remember that. Yeah. Come on. And then he sometimes. He follows up. He's followed up before. He's gotten suggestions through. Yes. Yeah. His suggestions are usually very good. Good. Good for him. I mean, whatever. Who cares? (laughs) He's not like, he's like a pinch hitter, though. Like, you bring him in when you need, you need to uh, take a swing at the thing, but he's not suggesting that frequently. No. Yeah. Not at all. No, he's not, he's not special. (laughs) Never would we call Stuart (laughs) special. Casper, however. Yeah. You're special, Casper. The friendly goat. The friendly goat. I like that. All right. It's day one of the main event. Great. Everybody's still got their dreams, except for the guy who went bust with queens on the first hand, which always happens. You know? Yeah. It's always one. Usually they have queens, and they end up like making a flush against the guy's aces when they get it all in. I mean, usually. Obviously. Usually. Obviously not <laughs> that true. just happens 90% of the time. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's fun to say that. It is fun to say that. It's 300-500 with a 500 big blind ante. So it's like level three or something? Yeah. I don't remember where it starts yeah. these days, but that's, it's something like that. Uh, I think you're starting Maybe with what? level four. 60K is what you're starting yeah, with? Yeah, 60K. Days? And are they going 100, 200 to start with? What do I know? Yeah, probably. Probably. Jack Oliver finished third the previous year. So that's pretty $3 nice. $3 million. That's a pretty good, uh, yeah. 
It's nice. Very good. For young Jack Oliver. I think he's in his, his early 20s, maybe mid-20s. He's young looking. Yeah. He's got 45K in front of him, so it's not been a great day one. Nope. But it's fine. You still have nearly 100 blinds. It's, yeah, nothing, nothing to worry about it's here. the beauty of the main event. Just sit back and let the, let the mouth breathers give it to you, you know? Or let Chino Ream destroy you from your yeah, life. Yeah, or let Chino Ream blow up in front of you and just collect. Mm, let's see if it happens. Okay. He opens to 1,500 from the small blind into Chino's big blind with 10-8. 10 of spades, 8 of diamonds. Hmm. How do you feel about this strategically, knowing it's Chino, knowing everything? I don't love it right away. I mean, I guess the problem is if we complete, we feel like Chino's just going to raise all yeah. the time. So this way we get to have the initiative and we figure we're paying this much either way. Um, it Folding. sort of sucks. It feels like we have almost no fold equity, right? We have a tiny bit. This is, one, this is like just a microcosmic example of why it's yes. so shitty to have Chino Ream on your left and exactly. they one of the main. Like, you don't want to just give up 10-8 small to big. But like but it's, it's not that. Are you just gonna fold for two hundred more when it's three hundred, five hundred worth of five hundred big blind? You could Andy? complete, but Chino's gonna make it two thousand all day. We're gonna call. It's costing us more, and he's got the initiative. Like it's it's got to be better to raise if we're gonna call his raise, which we have to call, right? I don't think we have to. You know what? We don't. We only have forty five thousand anyway, right? I don't think we have to. I think maybe the plan should have been from from the jump that we're going to limp all of the small blinds that are folded yeah. to us against Chino, and we're going to have some big hands that we show up with, either through a three-bet or at showdown. Yeah. And then we can protect ourselves a little bit. I mean, still, if we're limping... I mean, we're going to have some folds right away, too. We're going to yeah. throw the absolute worst up. We're going to mostly be limping here. Yeah. Although, I don't know how many times it's really even going to happen that no one's... It's going to fold all the way to the small It's blind, not. Right? It's not that frequent. It's yeah. going to happen, like, yeah, five times max in the, in the whole true. day. So We might not be able to build a strategy around that, because when we redraw for tables day two, but, anyway. But that... But maybe I, I think I like the idea of doing that more. Well, I think c- completing and calling has got to be the worst option. Like completing folding or raising is probably better with this hand, right? What about making it 2,500 initially? I just think Chino doesn't care. You really think that? So how many chips does he have? 98K. I think he's like looking to play pots in position against weaker ranges, which is exactly what this is, right? This is the weakest, essentially the weakest range. Of a, a raising range. He knows that. He, he eats this stuff up for lunch. Well, obviously, he will take note of the sizing, though, if we 5X it. Of course he will. And maybe he'll fold a little bit more. But every time he doesn't fold, he's going to be looking to punish us because there's so much money in the pot. He's going to be looking even more to punish us. Now, punish is the wrong word. He's just going to be looking to win that pot. You know, he's going to be hungrier for the so pot. So you, repr- you prefer 1,500 to 2,500? I mean, I never in my life make it 3X in this spot. I always 4X it, like 100% of the time. Um, if I think I've got no fold equity, maybe I just 3X it and figure, like, cool, let's keep it smaller. If I think he... Why not just make it 1,200 then? Um, yeah, you could do that. I mean, if we... Is, is Gino folding 10-6 off? Who's Gino? <laughs> Gino. Gino Smith from yeah. the Seattle Seahawks? Um, if, is Gino folding 10-6 off if we make it 1,500 or 1,200 or 2,000 or 2,500? I think for 2,500, he probably he is. He will at least consider it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ten five off is probably a fold no matter what. Yeah, ten seven is probably a call no matter what. Maybe twenty five hundred gets ten seven. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know with him. I don't know either. I'd, I'd be f- concerned that he's just not folding a hand like ten seven even. Which obviously in this case we'd love him to have ten seven if we have ten eight. But the point is, his overall calling range just feels like it's still going to be just very very wide. I think maybe the overall strategy should just be it's two hundred more. Yeah, there's. A billion in the pot because right. of the big blind Annie. We can limp, and the math supports it pretty much no matter what happens. Yep. And we can fold if he raises big because we don't need to play out of position with 10-8 off. I like, agree. Like, who cares? If it's 10-8 suited, we're never folding. Right. Fine, but it's 10-8 off. And like, we can have queens once in a while yeah. here. I mean, maybe never because we're only going to do this four or five times over the course of the day, yeah. really. But we can have queens, and we can limp, and we can absolutely punish him with a raise sometimes. Yeah. You know, and we're like... Fuck you, Chino. And, of course, we can do it with, um, with bluffs, too, like with aces and stuff like that. We can have ace three and just three bet him. Yeah. And that'll work. You know, if he makes it 2,000 and we make it, you know, 6,000, he's probably not calling with everything. He's probably now is going to find some points, yeah. right? Because, like, stack the pot's problematic, and he's not just going to put chips in for no reason. Right. Yeah, so I think I like a limp, like, hope he checks back and just yeah. go ahead and let him have it if he's going to raise. It's fine. You, had to, you already had to put the 300 in. Here's 200 more. I mean, here's Who the cares? thing. If we know he's raising almost 100% of the time... We don't know this as the poker guys. We don't, but if we as Jack Oliver do. Okay. Like, let's say we've gotten a few... Let's say we've done this five times. Okay. 
And every single time we've completed, and every single time he's raised. Okay. So we can make a pretty good guess that he's probably raising again. If right? that were the case, yes. So should we complete with this hand, or should we just throw it away and save the 200? The only reason to complete is to set up future stuff, right? Yeah. But that's okay. For 200, it's probably worth it. Yeah, and there's still the chance. Five is not yes. a big enough sample size to it's know true. for sure that he's not going to check. Yeah, he may have had, like, playable hands. He's like, oh, jack eight suited. Of course I raise. But, like, jack three, he may just there's check. There's 1,300 that. in the pot. Yeah. Like, it's 200 more. Yeah. It's definitely a complete. Yeah. And again, and I would say the only reason not to do it is if we felt like he was very, very likely to raise, and it was like there was like 20 minutes before the end of the day, and so it's literally never going to happen again yeah. with him. Then we could just fold right. and save the 200 because we're not sending anything else yeah. up. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, he makes a 1,500. I, I think I just don't like it against Gino. The size this. feels too small. I agree. With this, with this hand, I mean, I feel like we want to have a better hand or a worse hand or something, or, or size bigger also. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I think, he's just, I think he sees it as a defensive play. Yeah, though probably. Yeah, this is the the mental gymnastics that happen when you have a player like this on your left. So ridiculous! Yeah. Like against most guys in the main event on day one, it folds to you. If you raise, you get re-raised. You fold. Yeah. If they call you C bet, you usually win. That is all. You yeah. know, there's nothing to think about. They call on the, your C bet. You consider firing again depending on turns, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's yep. normal. Yep. No, but it's Chino who has yeah. 98k. Uh, so he's got 200 blinds. He's got Queen Jack off from the big blind. Mm. Do you ever raise here if you're Chino? I just don't see why you would. Yeah. I mean, of, no, when we're this deep, why would we want to do that? Right. Why do we want to get ourselves blown off, blown off a good hand while we're in position? Yeah. It's actually refreshingly cheap to play even. It's only 1,000. This is pretty great. Right. We get position. We get queen jack. What a deal. It's no limit. We can bet as much as we want later in the street, so it doesn't matter. But we get to see a flop for cheap. This That's sounds like a wonderful Michael deal. Michael Adamo taught me that. You can bet however much you want at yes. any point. I know. It's hard to remember, honestly. Like, I often have my range of, like, between 40% and 110% of the pot, you know, and it's, it can be hard to pull yourself out of that. But. It's so interesting, that whole Adamo thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's so much more valuable of a strategy in tournaments than cash games, and that's where he's doing it. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting that he's figured out that in tournaments, like, I'm just going to bet four times the pot if that's what I want to do to generate the fold equity that I want to generate or create the situation that I want to create because tournament life is a factor that doesn't happen in cash games, and it fucks everything up with these sizes because mm-hmm. people aren't expecting to play at these stakes yet in this tournament. Right, and they just haven't studied for this yeah. kind of stuff, so they don't really have a clear plan right. like they do for all the other moves that they've looked at a million times. Yeah. Anyway, Chino calls. Yep. Queen of Spades, Jack of Hearts. Great. Good for him. We're going to have a pot. We're going to have a nitro betting time. Here it is. Break it down. Okay. First thing you do is you get some matches. <laughs> You set fire to everything in your home. All right. And that will get you access. <laughs> right. To Nitro Betting's wonderful stuff. You know, they may not like that. Let's, let's, let's say that you don't have to burn anything to get access well, there, to that I mean, stuff. They may, they may have an issue. The legal department may have an issue with that. You do not have to burn anything. In fact, don't. Don't burn things. Don't burn things unless you're making food. Right. Yeah. Or and, you're out getting some nice sun. Right. And you want... Melanoma. Anyway, Nitro Betting, the way to actually get access to the cool promos is using the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up. When you sign up. If you don't, maybe Jonathan will burn your house down. (laughs) And this has nothing to do with Nitro Betting. This is a Jonathan thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't include them in it. Yeah. It's It's just just, a Jonathan thing. I just might do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's a maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So just consider that, you know? Um, But, of course, there's, there's poker. There's the monthly Poker Guys tournament, last Sunday of every month. There are casino games, and there are the famous Nitro Betting sports betting experiences. Yes, which, you know, people partake in because they are famous. They bracketize things. They bracketize everything. Right. It's important. That's that's what I'm afraid is going to happen when the singularity comes. Right. We're going to get overly bracketized. (laughs) (laughs) Nitro Betting might be contributing to humanity's demise with the bracketizing of things. But until then, it's a blast. It's a blast. And, of course, there are special promos where, you know, we get a free NFL survivor pool entry with a a $1,000 payout uh this year that a user got paid out that's pretty amazing that is uh we do march madness stuff with them all the time there's probably going to be something this year surrounding that would be my guess uh if not there would be something else in the sports betting realm there's always something coming down the pipe for the people who use the link in the description so make sure you do that when you sign up for nitro betting you know this is i think right around the beginning of year seven yeah with nitro as our sponsor and uh there must they must be doing something right because it's seven years which is the amount of time that you're allowed to like come back from the dead 
also... Yeah, Machiavelli style. True, Machiavelli style. You mean Rasputin? No, Machiavelli faked his own death famously. Oh, he faked his own death? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. And waited seven years and then came back? I think that's, that's correct, yeah, because that was Are a you statue. you thinking of Jesus? <laughs> that was three days, but... Yeah, yeah. You thinking of Jesus? I, you know, I think I'm thinking of Machiavelli. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I never read, you know, The Prince. Neither did I. I just know this. Oh. Yeah. I figured who needs to read This is it? why... Um, that, that was a big part of the Tupac conspiracy theory that Tupac was never actually dead, mm. is that late in his rapping career, he, he at least went by the name Machiavelli for a little while. Oh. So there was like a particular day that a lot of people were like, this is the day Tupac's coming back because right. it's seven years since his death. And that was... It was, was like all. the 2012 thing. Yeah, like the 2012 Mayan calendar thing. Yeah, yeah similar to that. Both ended up not, not seeming to be true, though. Unless Tupac just did it in a really subtle way. And, and by like the way... A dude, he's bagging groceries in Oklahoma. <laughs> 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 yep, I didn't think of that. That's great. Also, like, maybe the world did end, and this is now where we are, and we, don't, we can't see it. What, what I mean? is anything? Yeah. yeah, so just putting it out there. The right. world ended. Yeah. Sure. You probably shouldn't burn down everything in your home, but I'm not going to It might not you. matter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. But even if it did matter, man, it might not matter. You know what I'm saying, man? Right, because of Machiavelli. <laughs> yeah, because of Machiavelli, the prince. Anyway, yeah. let's get back to the hand. Yes. There's 3,500 in the pot. Okay. Jack Oliver has 10 of spades, 8 of diamonds out of the small blind. Chino Reem has queen of spades, jack of hearts out of the big blind. The flop's a bit unfair. So the Queen of Clubs, the Ten of Diamonds, and the Eight of Hearts. Sick. It's not the best two pair you could ever flop, but it's pretty nice to flop bottom two against Chino Reem, who has reasonable equity, admittedly. He does. With top pair and a gut shot. I mean, pretty beautiful equity. Yeah. But fair enough. This is uh, it's a fun little, fun little hand here we got cooking up. The thing is, like in this event that's so well-structured, it just really sucks immediately if you get raised if you're Jack Oliver, even though yeah. you have bottom two. right? Like, against a guy like Chino specifically, where you're like, I can't just fold the Chino, yeah. but am I going to fold later in the... Am I just going to... Like, if it goes brick, brick, am I going to fold then? Because if I do, uh, maybe I should just fold now because I'm just going to lose more chips. And, like, if I don't have the heart to call down Chino, then maybe I shouldn't put a lot of chips in even now. You know, does Chino give up much? I don't think of him as being a guy who gives up well, much. It just can't be the right way to play, though. Right, I know. This is, this is what's so hard about it. Is there an argument for checking due to this thought process? No, we just have to bet. It's like... Don't we have to bet once, at least? Mm-hmm. I think we should bet once. We can check the turn if we want to get cute. I mean, look, we could start by checking right away and just never fold, and we control the pot that way. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, but our hand is so good. I would just hate for him to check back. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a, not a lot, but there's eight bad cards that can come that make, that complete, you know, one card straights. By the way, he would hit some yeah. of those. And, like, maybe it doesn't matter because he's not going to fold anyway on the flop. Right, you know, maybe there is a maybe there is a case to be made for just checking here, just going to extreme pot control right away against Chino. What about betting big, non-traditional flop oh. sizing, like betting pot? To do what? Fold if raised, probably, and you know, not let Chino just float and win on all scary runouts. What did you just say? Fold a phrase if raised. A fold if raised. I think you said fold a phrase. No, and I was like. Is that a gut shot you're mean? Is that like you're trying to say gut shot? You are having a stroke on me, bro? Um, okay, fold if raised. Right, because we bet big. The problem is I just don't know that Chino is going to... I'm, I'm concerned that we could bet big and he could still raise and not have I don't it. think so. Chino, really? like, what hand could he have that makes sense to do that with? Queen, 10, 8, rainbow. King, jack. Do you really think if we bet, say, 4K into 3,500, that Chino is just going to make it 12K with king, jack? Like, we, all we did was raise preflop. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I, guess I would I think not. Yeah. Chino's not just a spew master. He, like, is, he makes spewy plays that are scary yeah. to play against, but he's not just a constant spew master for no reason. The problem is if he calls, now we're playing a really big pot out of position, and there's, you know, we okay, but often have the best hand. I don't, it, I don't like this. Plan. Okay, well, if Oliver does bet, he's going to bet 1K. Chino's going to float with so many things, yes. and we're going to lose on so many runouts. Yes. Because he's going to rep everything that's scary. Well, we just need to go into extreme pot control mode and, you know, mostly not fold. That's okay. If we bet small, we just got to check, check call a lot of turns, I think, rather than bet most turns, I think. So you, what sizing would you actually do with 3,500? It's Chino. Not, not generally, but Chino. And, the, and it's queen, 10, 8? Rainbow. 
I think I would do pretty normal sizing, about half pot. So seventeen hundred, something like that. What do you want to do? You I just want, do, you still want to go big? I want to. I want to bet four K. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I feel like we chase away. We might even chase away some of the action we want. And yeah, I don't like that. I, I'd rather check call than than bet four K for sure. I think it makes it easier to play. I think he's never folding a queen for four K anyway. I no, agree I think with he's that. He's never raising a queen, so that's okay. But what about you know if he has a ten or an eight? I understand we blocked them, but there's still four tens and eights, and he could have some. If he has a ten, it, it would be really problematic if he just throws it away. It wouldn't be really problematic. He usually has some equity against us if he has a ten. That's true. I mean, he could have he could have ten six. He could have ten six. We could have ten seven. Okay, so we lose. The times that he has those specific combos, <laughs> darn. Like. But, like, but we want to get some value when we're way ahead. And like, mo- if he has king 10, we'd hate, to, we'd hate to have him just throw it away. Something that our friend Monster Stack winner Mitchell Towner said yeah. three or four years ago when we were all at the series was that I think a lot of good theoretical poker players like us who think through things a lot do not value equity denial yes, enough. Yes, I remember him saying that. And it sure. stuck with me because... in. I think in cash games, it's not true necessarily, but in tournaments, it's very true. Hmm. Uh, and sometimes in cash games, low, just true to a lesser extent. Yeah. Because your tournament life is so valuable. So I think denying equity from all of the random shit that can happen is valuable. And it's okay if you lose out on a little bit of value from some marginal hands sometimes. Okay. But let's play this out a little bit. Okay. Let's say we go into the opposite mode and decide we're going to check. Okay. And if we check, we mostly have to check call down all the way. Mostly. Right. Like, our plan should be like, I'm rarely folding. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, it could run out really ugly, and maybe I'll find a fold. The queen could pair, a jack could come, a nine could come. Those are reasons to consider folding, depending on sizing and whatever. But yeah. mostly I'm not folding, right? Um, that gives us a chance to win a really big pot. Okay, let me play it out. Chino specifically. Let's play it out. Okay, let's go, go down this path. I'll give you even the, the best run out possible. Okay, okay, great. We check. Chino bets 2K. Call. The turn is a deuce. Check. Chino bets 6K. Call. The river is a four. Check. Chino bets 25K. We hate it, but I guess we call against Chino specifically. And you like that plan overall? Well, I think from an EV point of view, I think we're just doing a lot better. From a chip EV point of view from than, a chip like, than betting 4,000 on this flop. I, I think agree. we make I, so many more chips on average. I don't know if I agree with so many more. Okay. Fine. That seems ridiculous. So but many more. Is, well, you know, from a percentage point of view. Think of it that way. Maybe 40% more. Um, but Sounds like a lot to me. I think the equity denial factor is really important against a player who's going to take all opportunities on all scary runouts that we might actually fold on. Well, you know, but all opportunities on all scary runouts is a way to make a lot of chips, too. And this is at least the time where even if Chino chooses, like, fairly absurd sizing on the river, like you yeah. had him choose which is fair enough. He might do that. Um, it's not great, but we'll still have some chips left over at least. Not a lot. We'll have like 22 blinds, admittedly. But like we're still in the tournament as opposed to most of the time where we do this. And it's like, I hope he doesn't have it this time because I'm just out. Yeah, I think... And the whole thing sucks. Don't get me wrong. It sucks. All these, all these things are like, no matter what, we're going to... It's not a great spot, right? Yeah, and I think something in tournaments, even in really well-structured tournaments, yes, you can be fine with 22 blinds, but kind of floating above the fray for as long as you can, has huge advantages. Mm-hmm. It gives you more opportunities in the future to, to win m- bigger spots by pressuring other players, and it gives you cushion. I feel like, though, there's a fundamental... We're having a... The, the true fundamental disagreement we're having, which is just to, like, try and drill down a little bit, is I'm saying I think, the, I, think I win the tournament more of the time by giving Chino a chance to blow up. And you're saying you think you win the tournament more of the time by not allowing Chino to get there if, he's, if he has equity. I don't think that this pot will have that much bearing on if we win the tournament or not. Mostly, that's true for most pots. Uh, of course. Especially on day one of the main event. I think it is more important to maintain a chip stack that allows us maximum flexibility, and I think by betting 4K, we still get value from a fair swath of hands that... What? Don't look at me like I just, that. I'm looking at you like that. I just, can't, I just can't get behind betting more than the pot on this. I'm just really struggling to do that. Yeah, because you're a slave to convention. Congratulations. No, I, because I think it does... First of all, that's an absurd thing to say. I know. Um, I think it just sets up lots of things that I don't like as... Like, it, it's going to inflate this pot. If Chino doesn't fold, what's our plan now? Okay, what hands is he just calling with? Um... 
I, when we bet four thousand, yeah, uh, top pair, uh-huh. um, he might he might have some very strong hands that he he might have jack nine and just call with. Um, he I could, think he's going to raise his really strong hands. I mean, mostly, it's cool you think that, but that doesn't mean it's true. He's what? in position, like. If he raises, he gets a huge... You're saying you're going to fold bottom, too. Why would he raise a really strong hand right away? He doesn't have to do that. It's a rainbow board. Okay. I, I mean, he might, but I don't think he's always raising his really strong hands. I mean, certainly not always. Yeah. Well, especially when your opponent bets more than pot kind of out of nowhere. Like, I don't know. Why would you... Why not? If I had, if I had Jack-9 here, I would strongly consider, very strongly consider just calling and seeing if the guy's going to bet huge again, like, rather than have him scurry away. Sure. Like, if he has a set, I'm probably going to get paid anyway, right? But if he doesn't, I'd like to get paid, and it's probably easier to not raise. All right, conversely, what happens when Oliver bets 1K and Chino is jack-9? Ah, okay, good question. Um, I think Chino's way more apt to raise on a 1K. Yeah. Right, because now you're, like, trying to build a pot so that then, you've, you're afraid will not get built without So then how does help. that go as Oliver? How do you play that out? Well, we definitely call the raise. Yeah. For sure. Um, and now, I don't know. Now we have to decide. Now we're flipping a coin in our head about am I calling this guy down or not on different runouts, right? Yeah. I mean, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll grant you that either way, there's probably about four, we probably put 4K in the pot. The difference is Chino has... Well, Chino's raised, but we don't know what to make of that, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, this is why I'm, I'm starting to come around to the check call. I think check call is pretty interesting. I think check call is pretty interesting. That's what I've been advocating for a while, but you've been... I've just been saying I like 4K way better than 1K. I've been saying I like check call better than 4K, and I feel like you've been saying you like 4K better than check call. No. I feel like we've been saying that for a while. No, I, I, I've always been okay with check call. That's really where... The whole thing about, like, more EV and winning the... You get a better chance to win the tournament, all, give Chino a chance to blow up, all that stuff was about check calling, from my point of view. I, it's weird perhaps, that, perhaps I did start arguing against check call okay. at some point, but internally I've always been thinking I'm arguing against 1K. Okay. As a, like, if I'm going to bet, I'd rather actually deny equity right. and do something with it. You said I you see. prefer a more traditional bet of 1700 I don't think that right. really accomplishes right, right, right. anything. Yeah, I don't yeah, really yeah. give a shit about that bet. Okay. Right? The, the thing that it does is it keeps you, um, whether it's 12K or... 12, sorry, 1200 or 1700 or 1K or whatever, it keeps you looking like you're just doing a normal C bet and things are normal when you actually have a pretty strong hand. That's, and like you're, giving, you're putting a little cheese out for Chino to hopefully munch on. But you have to be willing to like stand down to yeah. the tiger too, which is why I may like just the check call mode. It's possible just being very passive and chill against Chino all the way through these hands. Like we don't raise pre most of the time, maybe ever. Yeah. We... Check call, even when we flop big, you know, like we just keep doing that, you know, and like let him put a lot of chips in. And if he learns to not do that, cool, then we can adjust to that. And actually, that makes our life easier. Um, but in this way, we give ourselves a chance to win really big pots, I think, by playing passively. I want to just play passively against Gino for the most part, I think. Let him, let him drive the action, even though sometimes we're going to get sucked out on. Yeah. I and mean, sometimes we're going to have some really tough decisions, right? We're obviously both advocating unconventional things. Yes. And what, and what, Oliver does is the conventional play. Yeah. And it, new listeners might be like, these guys are just like exploit noobs who don't know what they're talking about. But, or, or they're, yeah. yeah like, but really, we understand that, that if you're really going to play optimally from a chip EV perspective, betting 1K or something similar to that is probably totally fine. And normally, you just have to use distribution to make your decisions later. But I'm trying to factor in the depth of the main event and the importance of being able to capture value from the less difficult places. And check calling is one way to mitigate that, mostly, unless Chino goes banana nuts and you end up folding yeah, after. Which like, could happen. Which could happen. And betting big can also help mitigate that variance. It could. Yeah. Again, not sure. Not sure. Sometimes, I feel like sometimes Chino's going to take a big bet as a challenge. You know? Yeah. I think if Chino has something like, I don't know, 9-5 suited, he'll fold for 4K. Whereas against 1K, he might... Raise or call. He's not folding, though. Okay, but what's the problem with that? Like, why? why we are... If he calls, isn't like that good if he calls? And if, and even if that's, he raises, that's a hand I'm fine leaving the building. Like, I don't care about the extra 1K that I get from it's that. Just, it's just that's the hand that you gave the example of as if that's, those are, like, negative events. Those are positive events if he has 9-5 suited, though, right? I, so think it's it's, a, I think it is a totally fine event if he folds 9-5 suited. Like... That's that's better to me than him calling and making life hard later, and sometimes we fold the best hand or end up losing. I feel like if we bet 1,000, 1,200, 1,700, he calls with 9-5 suited, we check call turn, we check call river. It's a great, it's a great hand. 
And I, I think that's going to make us the most chips rather than betting 4,000 against 9.52. I think we'd make way more chips against it if we check call turn, check call river. Yeah, That's I think, my belief. Eh, maybe. It's, it's unclear to me if that's true. I'm just trying to maximize equity denial. Right, I know. Yeah. I know. I feel like... I feel like that... I understand why you're doing it. I don't think that's completely incorrect or anything like that. But I'm concerned that, like, one of the things we need to do in the main event specifically, especially when we're this deep, equity denial, I think, is less important. You are against Chino Reem. There are other players to do the thing against in the main event. I still can continue to say, I think equity denial, when we're this deep, equity denial is less important. I understand that. Um, I would rather take my shots at trying to win really big pots against him by picking him off, hence going to the check call I mean, this, type of thing. This pot would increase, if he won right now, yeah. would increase Jack Oliver's stack as we head into the flop by 7%. That's cool. That's not nothing. Yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but if Chino's like liable to, you know, as long as we're... The we, don't, is, we don't like have him. We haven't caught the tiger in our... In our in right. trap, right? Like of course it's, not. Like, bottom two on this board is not like, yeah, I finally did it. I got it. Right. No, yeah. I know. I understand that. But this is, that's what makes this interesting, right? This is a harder hand to play. Yeah. And we're not sure if we're going to be able to call down on all boards. In fact, we may not be able to. I, and you, yeah. you, as you were even saying, if it goes brick-brick, if Chino puts enough pressure on us, we might end up folding. Like, yeah. it's not... I don't think we will, but we might. Chino could turn over queen-four suited, you know, if it runs out, whatever, deuce-four. Yeah. Like, for sure he could. And he could bet 25000 on the river with queen-four suited. Mm-hmm. Like, these are very... These are possible things. Um, but I think we get... I think just our... I think we make more chips. Again, I think we're plus EV by giving him opportunities to blow up. And I'm concerned about taking that away from him. From us, whatever. From one of us. I, I think we both have points that are reasonable. Yeah. I think that maximizing the chips you can make in each hand is a valuable thing. And I think you are right. That is how you maximize the chips you can make in each hand. But I also think stack maintenance is kind of a big deal early on in tournaments. And not allowing yourself to be in a spot where 45K becomes 30K pretty frequently is important. You know, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. 30K yeah, and 45K fair. is a big difference. And it, it is like this Gwyneth Paltrow missing the train versus not missing the train in sliding doors as far as how our tournament is going to go. <laughs> I like that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. It's, so I don't know how to quantify how important it is. Right. I don't have a method of that. This is not the same thing. And I, so I don't, I don't want you to react to what I'm about are to you say. Gonna do a, are you going to drop another Paltrow reference on me? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. So in Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. <laughs> with... Obviously, Joe Fines and, okay, Gwenny, Gwenny Paltrow. Um, no. Uh, so there used to be a guy who played regularly in the Pacific Northwest who we played against a lot. And he, this is not the same thing, but, I'm, but I want to make, I know I what you're talking about. You I know what you're going to say. You do? Great. I'm slightly insulted. I thought you it's might fine. be. It's um, fine. So one of the things he would do is he would play his preflop big pairs like insanely fast. And when I say insanely fast, someone makes a 300, someone else calls, he goes all in for like 10,000, right? Yeah. Stuff like that. And he'd turn over Kings and be like, yeah, it's early in the tournament. I don't want to get drawn out on it. I'll just take the chips and stuff like that. And he was successful. Yeah. Um, but that always seemed awful. I agree. It seemed like shockingly bad. I mean, there's a line. Um, obviously, there's a line. Right, right. And of course, so what we're talking about, when you're, when you're talking about betting 4,000, obviously is nowhere close to what he's doing, but it feels to me like a microcosm, a little bit of that kind of thing where I'm trying so hard to deny equity that like I'm losing out on some value that I should be getting. That's, feels, that's my concern. It, it does feel point. very different to me. I'm agreeing it's very different, but I think there's, but I think there are seeds of that mindset slightly at least, or it could be well, seeds of that mindset. I would argue that there are pieces of that mindset that are valuable to take with us, even if we disagree with the exact methodology mm-hmm. used by this player. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, I just feel like, I feel like th- this is where I'm coming from with it is I feel like I see like, it's a slippery slope, and I already feel like you're already going down the hill a little bit when you're talking about this bet sizing like this. That's my take. But you know from experience doing these breakdowns with me forever and from talking poker with me outside of that 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 is not my typical philosophy, and that's not generally what I'm going to do. Absolutely. No, sure. So we're kicking around so a I'm new wearing, idea. I'm wear, if, if I'm on a slope, I'm wearing really good boots. Like I'm, not I'm, wear, I'm not saying you're then going to end up being this guy who bets 7,000 into 100 with aces. I'm not saying that. But of course you're not. I'm saying, though, that the, mis- the mistakes that are very apparent in the, when the guy moves in for 10,000 with kings over a 300 raise, um, 
I think those mistakes are still, they're much, much, much smaller in this case, but I still think there is the ceiling of that mistake here too. I think there is a common mistake among many good tournament players, yourself potentially included, Mm. that um, thinking it's like almost cool, not necessarily cool, but like, like you're not a good player if you don't espouse that you always want to play a hand for maximum value. It's nothing to do with cool. It's just about an EV. Like, when you're this deep, don't you want to... Like, isn't the point of the main event, especially on day one, to win... A, like, you're, you're not trying to win that many pots for the most part. Like, winning lots of small pots doesn't do anything for you, especially for the first several hours of the main event. Right? It can like, do something. You, you increase your... St- if, you, if you have a really good first few hours but, and win a bunch of small pots, you've increased your stack by 20%, right? Yeah. Like, that's fine. But, you know, by, if you make it in the middle of day two... Those chips are everything matters, of course, but they're not. That's not a huge amount as opposed to winning one really big pot. You know, like that's worth a lot more. Yeah, I just don't think this is that hand. I think against Chino Reem it might be. I guess that's the difference. Yeah, and I and I don't want to like just cut him off at the knees by betting more than pot right away, which I'm afraid we're doing. Okay, that's all. I mean, like, I don't want to fold out 9-5 suited. I definitely think you have a fair argument. Okay. I, I, I think I'm being the outsider and arguing against convention here, and that's always a difficult position to be in. I mean, to some degree, I agree with you. That's certainly an unconventional take. I think saying let's go right into check call mode is also pretty unusual, right? Like, yeah, um, although it's, I think, less unusual than betting 4K. It, it is. It certainly is, um, especially against the maniac on your left, right? Right, and I think that it's important to do these things on this podcast. To mm-hmm. like, if we just spout what convention is or our version of convention, we're not helping ourselves yeah. or anybody else. Yeah. So I guess though, like, you may not want to hear this, but I'm not. I'm not convinced in any way that the 4K that's, bet is is the right. That's play. okay. That's all. I I am not totally convinced that it's the right play either. Yeah. But you pushed me on my reasons, so I had to give them. Fair enough. That's what I did. Okay. And I think. There are certain players where that makes sense, and it's possible that this is one of those spots. Uh, I think it's like if we don't stretch our thought process to those places, I don't think we're creating enough value also. For who? The listeners? The listeners and. Come on. Well, for us. That's absurd. Yeah, maybe for us. Like, come on, the listeners are fine. Don't (laughs) worry about them. Well, yeah, they don't have to pay anything. So I value. mean, they're they're here for the fun. They're here for the jokes too. They're they're getting good analysis either way. But so I don't want to make this about a noble a noble journey here. I'm not making it about a noble journey. You I, just did. I did not. <laughs> you, you keep you keep putting my shit to the nth degree. You're like, oh yeah, you're the guy who goes all in for a million dollars. I really didn't say that. You I, basically said that. I said you said that I, I might as well just be dead with how I play <laughs> poker. I implied that I yeah. didn't say it. It's really different. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right, let's, let's not go down this rabbit hole any further. We've gone way insanely down it. It's, I think it's that's too much. Uh, to get meta again about it, though, I think that is the value of this podcast, is to go down those rabbit that, holes. I, I agree. I agree. I just feel like we've hit an impasse, and like, there's other things to figure out, but, but like, I don't think we're going to get any further with this right now. I think you are right, and we can move on now. And we're probably going to name this podcast something about how we fight, because that's fun. Yeah. Um, anyway... Okay. Well, actually happens instead of the thing that either like <laughs> he bets one K, which like, I think so neither of us right? like. Yeah. Like we, no, I, I'm not a fan of the one K bet. Like I would prefer the more conventional sizing if we're gonna choose it to be seventeen or eighteen hundred, not one K. Yeah, because it's Chino fucking Reem. Is he gonna fold four or five suited now? Like I'd like him. Like <laughs> I guess it's good if he calls with four or five suited to a degree, but also it's gonna put us in a lot of bad spots later. I mean, we just have to... I think when we're playing against Chino and we flop this well, we just have to be willing to hold on more of the time and know that going in, and that's just the deal. 1,700, 2,000, 1,000, it all sucks to get raised, and we're still going to have to hold on for a while, but, man, there's some bad scenarios where we hold on and fold later when we had the best hand, and it's just Or we hold on and we lose all of the chips. Yep, that too. Those are both things that can really happen here, and it sucks. Yeah, and the... Some, somewhat lost in our discussion of Chip EV and all this shit is, is, which was mentioned a few times, is like, let's maximize, my, my opinion being, let's maximize fold equity against Chino in spots where we want to deny equity because right. fucking Joe from everywhere is six other seats at the table. Right. You know, like, why mess around with this guy? Right. This proven good player who's beaten fields full of good players and is also hyper aggressive. Sure. You know, it's, it's rough. Anyway, Oliver bets 1K. Okay. And we want to take a shit on that bet. We hate it. I would like him to bet more if he's going to bet. It's not that bad. It's he like, has to maximize his fold equity <laughs> grant. <laughs> yeah. 
Come on. Yeah. Uh, is there any raising as Chino? Queen tonight, we have Queen Jack. I just don't know why we would. Like, what are we really hoping to accomplish by raising here? Like, yeah. we are Chino, so maybe we get some calls from worse hands a little bit. There are some hands that it's really kind of nice for us. 10 Jack and 10 9 and 8 9 and 8 Jack specifically come to mind as the beautiful spots for us where we're just like getting a ton of value. Sure. But do we really need to inflate the pot, even though we get value from those sometimes, but all the other hands we're valuing ourselves or we just lose them right away when we've got it. You know, I think it's a very clear call as Chino and we got position too. It's beautiful. I agree. I agree. That's what Chino does. We finally fucking agreed on something. Somebody call a doctor. Because Nitro, oh wait, no, we already did that. (laughs) Uh, You better call yourself a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a doctor. Bet call. Bottom two on Queen Ten Eight for Jack Oliver. Chino Reem has Queen Jack. The pot is five thousand five hundred on the turn of the Six of Clubs. Yes, Seven Nine gets there. That's the most impactful thing here. Queen right. Six gets there, I guess. Yeah, against Oliver. Yeah, um, Clubs come in as a backdoor draw. Is there any reason to slow down as Oliver now? I mean, we bet a thousand. We got called. Probably we're supposed to bet again if we bet. I mean, look. I think against Chino, we can make a case to always check. We can. I think at this point, I'm really on team bet Yeah. Uh, now that we're here. Because, mm-hmm. yes, 7-9 got there. Queen-6 got there. Those are the only things that got there that I would expect Chino would have raised pretty much almost every hand that is better than 10-8 on the flop. Uh, I mean, like, Queen-10, Queen-8, those hands are vulnerable and likely to raise. And it's Chino, he has a rep that he's got to protect here. Um, Jack nine, I would want to raise, of course, for all of the reasons. Like, yeah, don't you think we're still ahead unless Chino has seven nine or queen six? I think we are for sure. Um, the problem, the only obvious problem, is like getting raised again. Just like, do we? Are we just bet folding? Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, if he gets away with raising something, like, I can think of some hands, like king nine of clubs and king jack of clubs, come to mind. Yeah, as the hands that we are ahead of that might raise us. But they still have a ton of equity against us. I'm okay if he gets away with those. If uh, for the rest of time he has like better hands, hands. that are yeah, better than ours, that's fair. As long as those are the, as long as that's the raising range, I agree. We should bet again and just take our flowers. Because I don't expect you know to raise this hand, right? Like queen jack or any any one pair queen. Yeah, I don't know why he would do or that. Or a ten or anything like that. Right. And we can get value out of a ten by betting. If we check, a queen's going to bet. I assume, but probably. I think mostly. I think, do you think a 10 will fold to big sizing? Once again, I'm getting on this big sizing horse. Yes. Um, I think a 10 probably will fold to big sizing a fair amount. Unless Chino thinks we're like pretty out there. Yeah. Well, I don't love that. But I want, to, I want to size up to charge all of the remaining draws as much as I can. And get, like, I don't think a queen is going to fold if we bet pot here. Do you? Um, probably not. A 10 might fold. But 10-9 and 10-jack might not fold. They may not. And now 10-7 might not fold. Right. 10-7 may not fold either. That's right. So I don't know. I, I kind of want to bet pot. I know I'm back, we're right back here. It feels like we're right back here. I mean, this makes more sense to me. This is more of a traditional... I mean, you're just being really conventional when you say that, obviously. Uh-huh, um, of course. Like, you know... This uh, is no, I feel, Jonathan feels really safe in this, the confines of what other people have told him is good poker. He's, he's, you're the one. You're the one who's doing that now. What are you talking about? You're the one deciding to do conventional stuff. I know. I know. But what I'm saying is now that it, it falls yeah. within convention, you feel like you're back in your mother's womb. I was about safe. to attack you for it. Please attack But you were so busy lording it over me. By the way, much like you did the last podcast about two bits being couldn't be a bit couldn't be 12 and a half cents when it turns out it was. I wasn't lording that over you. I was lording that over either you or whoever made that the case. No, it was me. You were saying it wasn't possible that it could, okay, possi- then, well, that whoever, it could ever be. Whoever, anything could ever be 12 and a half cents. I was a fool. I believe you said you're a fool and you did it in that Whoever in that came up with two bits is a fucking idiot. Obviously. Continue. Please okay. attack. Attack anyway, me. So I need it. So uh, nor- normally the, quote, good players here are betting, yeah, like between around 10,000, but uh, all the way up to pot pretty normally. Like that's, that's pretty standard 10, stuff. 10,000? How much is the, in the pot? 5,500. Oh, I'm sorry. I misread that. Um, 5,000 5, then or 5,500 or 6,000, whatever. Some, some bigger number, right? Yeah. That, that's pretty standard. Um, I mean, mostly, I think against Chino, I would probably go into check call. I just want all I want to do is check call against this guy. Like, and what, all you want to do is bet big against. Okay, this what guy. hands? What hands do you think it's yeah. advantageous to check call against that Chino shows up with here? Um, 
you're saying what hands the Chino has or what chan- hands like, that I have? What the, you- the, the Chino has. Like, what okay. hands are you expecting to show up with that, that Chino can play, play better for us when he's going to bet? The gut shots. Okay. Like, the nines and the jacks the, the, that are sort of unattached to other things, which I think there's probably a reasonable amount. Although that six coming in probably completes a few nines that he can check back now. Um, yeah. But also he can have, like, he can have some hands that, like, he can have whatever, king nine... Um, actually, there aren't that many nines now that I look at it, are there? The suited nines, I guess. Jacks, he can have some jacks too. Actually, a lot of those make a pair. Yeah. At this point. Um, and King Jack ain't folding anyway, I assume, when it's Chino and he's got position. But he might raise us and we get to avoid that, which is kind of yeah. cool. But actually, uh, so I'm saying I'm worried about the gut shots, but most of the gut shots probably are either checking back because they have a pair anyway, um, or either. Yeah, they they may not t- there may not be as many shots here as I'm hoping. Yeah, which is maybe was your point when you asked the question. Maybe I don't remember now. I don't know. I was too busy being attacked. Yeah, by ants. Yeah. So, do you like a pot size bet? I mean, I think we could just bet normal big, but whatever. It's all the same. Okay. Really. So forty five hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four thousand, forty five hundred, whatever. Oliver goes thirty five hundred. Do you think that's too small? I mean, he's trying to he's trying to keep a ten in right. I guess. He's like, don't fold your 10, bro. Um, it's probably okay. I think it's okay. I think it's okay, too. I think I prefer a bigger size because I don't think Gino's folding a queen. Obviously, right. there's more combos of queens because we don't block it. Yeah, that's fair. I think I like that better. Yep. And if he has a 10 with a gut shot, he's not going to fold that for the bigger size either, which there's 10-7, 10-9, and jack-10. Mm-hmm. So that's a fair amount of combos as yeah. well. Yeah, I actually much prefer a bigger size based on what I just said. Um. I'm, I'm, all of these things that we're not liking from Oliver, by the way, are extremely marginal. But we, yes. we're basically like um, Tucker Carlson and the guy who got fired from CNN on Crossfire who used to have to take the most extreme positions, which you know people still do. But that's us on poker. Right, people still do that? On ESPN they do, that's for sure. Huh. Have you ever seen Skip Bayless talk? Yeah, I'm being sarcastic, I know. bro. <laughs> I <Okay>. know. <laughs> um, anyway, it's all fine. Yeah. I just prefer bigger sizing here. Okay. Can Chino do anything but call? No. Chino's got a call. Yeah. Chino's got a clear call. That's what he does. Okay. Pot is 12,500. Yes. The river is the ace of spades. Yes. King Jack gets there. Yeah. More two-pair combos get there yes. for Chino. Not really for Oliver. Oliver gets ace-queen gets there as a two-pair combo. I don't know if he has any other two-pair combos that get there, right? Uh, Ace-10 ace of clubs or ace-eight of clubs specifically. Maybe those. Yeah. I mean, maybe sometimes all his ace-10s. Maybe he's just betting ace-10 on the turn. Sometimes. Maybe. He might be. That feels deny. like check call mood mode feels I, a lot better. I agree. I agree. But, I, but it's at least possible. I really kind of hate it, but maybe it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have... Oh, you're saying aces up here. Yeah. Not, not just an ace, right? Because he can have other single aces for sure. Such as? Ace-king. You think he's betting again on the turn with yep, ace-king? I do. I think ace-jack and ace-nine are possible bets as well. Okay. Maybe even ace-seven. Yeah, maybe. The maybe. gut shots, I think he's probably betting those because he doesn't want to check call a big bet from Chino. He'd yeah. rather have the fold equity. I think ace-king is almost certainly betting again. Hmm. Maybe not always, but I think a lot of the time. Like, fold your fucking ten, fold your fucking eight. Maybe. Chino. Maybe. Definitely, definitely ace-eight and ace-ten of clubs are possible. Um, and ace-queen, of course. Of course. So Chino, though, could have made... He might hold on with ace-eight on the turn as the best eight, but maybe he folds that. I'm not sure. I think he's mostly folding that, but I don't know. I but don't know. if he has ace-ten himself, he's probably calling the turn for 3,500, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Chino could have made aces up with ace-ten. He could. Chino could have ace-jack. Chino could have ace-nine. Maybe no question. Not, maybe not a seven because he called the flop. Mm-hmm. Although it was only one K. Maybe he could have called the flop if he had a back door with it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So Chino has, some, uh, I think, more aces than Oliver does. I think they have a similar amount of King Jack. Do you agree with that? Um, yeah, I think so. All right. All this said, do you want to bet as Oliver? Boy, I don't. Yeah. I really, really don't. I feel like when we bet, especially with the hand we have, like we have... 10, 8. Yeah. We have, we have a weak two pair. Let's recap the board here. Queen, 10, 8, 6, ace with missed clubs on the turn. Like, 
we're supposed to be trying to get value out of what for Chino now? Because like if we bet again, we're saying we have at least a good ace, right? We have we are trying to get value out of ace jack or ace nine. Right. I mean, there aren't that many of those compared to all the other things Chino can have. I feel like Chino may see that ace come. If we check, I feel like Chino may turn a lot of hands into a bluff here that are good. Yeah. I could see him do that. Now, probably not this hand exactly that he has. He probably just checks back and takes. Queen Jack is probably good enough. But if he has a 10, 10, 9 or something like that, I could see him like, oh, man. Like, yeah, I got to get King Queen to fold here. Or yeah. even a bad ace that finally got there or yeah. whatever. You know, like if I put pressure on this kid, he's going to fold. Yeah. It feels, like a, it feels like our hand is just a little too weak to really bet and hope to get called by the right range. Right. Because Chino's going to call with aces up, but guess what? We lose to that. Right. Yeah. Right. And by the way, other other things that are up. <laughs> yes. Like queens up. And it's possible that Chino would even find a fold sometimes with a hand like ace nine. We just went bet, bet, bet. Like, right. it's definitely possible. I mean, look, if Chino has ace nine, I don't know if he's betting for value. He might just check it back. That's reasonable if he but does. But if he's going to fold anyway. Right. Ace nine, yeah, I don't know if he's... He might find a call with ace nine on the river. Like, that may be a place we lose value. Maybe. Maybe, but he might, he might bet that for value anyway if we check. Yeah. I... I Really feels like a check isn't is called for. Here. I agree. It's let's a, let Chino like take off here. You know, blast off. Well, Oliver bets ten k in a twelve five. Okay, I okay. He's just trying to get heroed, I guess. Yeah, he's like maybe you have an ace. Maybe you're just gonna. My story's a little. I don't even know if your story's that bad, but whatever. I'm sort of repping ace queen here, and like it's hard to believe I have a hand as strong as. Ace I mean, queen. the runout in general favors Oliver slightly, right? Maybe that's yeah. a GTO reason to, to bet. Yeah. Um, anyway, he bets 10K. All right, how do you feel as Chino sitting there with your queen jack? I mean, we assume we're losing, right? When yeah. the ace comes and he bets again, it's like, oh, cool, I can't even beat ace-7 now. Great. Right. Now, would he really bet ace-7? Probably not, but, you know, there's a lot of... Th- like, I can't beat ace-king if it, if it fired twice, which it really might have. I can't yeah. beat ace-jack, same thing. You know, that sucks. Shouldn't those go into check call mode, too, if 10-8 should go into check call mode? Um, I think they should, but that doesn't mean they do. Right. I agree. Also, we at least block the ace when we have ace-king, so there's yeah. less aces up, you know, and then there's less two-pair combos to call us with. Of course, then we're trying to get value out of a queen. Like, mm-hmm. why would we really bet? I don't know. But we're trying to get value out of a worse ace, really. It's true. They should go into check call mode. They should. So we should fold as Chino? I think calling is a terrible, terrible idea. Yes, I agree. I agree. So I think we can fold and we can raise. We have the right card to raise with, i.e. the jack, which blocks the nuts. It blocks the nuts and it blocks jack nine. Yep. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, we can tell a reasonable story of saying we had king jack the whole way. Yeah. Which I like, too. Um, so we should raise at least some of the time because we have this hand. We also block queen, queen, and ace, queen, which is the hands that are most likely we're up against, right? Do we have the best bluff hand? Is, is ace-jack better? Ace-jack's probably a little bit better. Because we block ace-ace? Block ace-ace, we block ace-queen. Oh, I guess we're blocking ace-queen either way, yeah. sorry. Block ace-10, which mostly isn't betting the turn, but might sometimes bet the turn. I yeah, hate, I hate it's ace probably about the same. It's I probably hate. about the same value, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So we have among our best bluff candidates. Yeah. But it's the main event. Should we pull the trigger? Isn't that a reason to pull the trigger if you're Chino Ream? The guy finished third last year. He might be less willing to fold. Yes, that's true. That's a great point. Still, the kid made it through like eight days of main event. He knows he has to fold a lot. Yeah. He knows he can't just make these ridiculous calls. The kid doesn't have King Jack. Can he really call? He can call with Jack Nine. He can call with Jack Nine. If he has top set, can he call? Maybe. Maybe he calls against us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's assume he calls. So if he has Ace, Ace, or Queen, Queen, he's going to call. Yeah. Let's assume that's calling... We block King Jack and Tens Jack Nine. is the same. Chino didn't it is. It's the same. So maybe he calls with all of those hands. Okay. But there's a lot of other hands he could have. Well, that bet, that bet here for value, you wouldn't really... I guess 10-8 could be there, but you if, wouldn't... If we're going to move in or raise or whatever, we have to think that at least some of the time we can fold out aces up. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We have to be... Tar- I think we're targeting ace queen, yeah. basically, right? When he goes bet, bet, bet. Well, not ace-queen. We're hoping he doesn't have ace-queen because that's among his, that's his best aces up, and we block ace-queen. So that's maybe part of the reason to use this hand is you know, not only we block well, a set of queens. What, all the, what other aces up is he going to show up with that, that he would go bet, bet, bet? Ace-10 and ace-8 of clubs. Okay, that's not enough to attack. It's two combos, baby. It's just not nearly enough. Yeah. Um, so I think we need to target all, all non-sets, essentially. 
and straights. Well, we're not targeting straights. Straights are going to call. Right. Oh, non, non-straights. Yeah, non-straights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, I think, uh, is that enough? Is it a, is it a good is idea, it, even though we have probably our best bluff among our best bluff combos, is it a good idea to I'm pull the trick? I'm not sure. I'm worried that his, his, his range is a little too strong here, Jack Oliver's range. Because it might be. Now, it turns out he's betting like bottom two or a flop bottom two all the way, so maybe we're wrong about that. Yeah. It seems like we are. But I wouldn't have thought 10-8 would be here. I, wouldn't, I would think a lot of the, like most of the value betting range would be strong enough to consider at least very strongly calling. Yeah. Um, now, when you put someone's main event life essentially at risk, because even if we don't, we can go all in or we could do a version of it, which puts him almost dead, right? Mm-hmm. We could make it, he bets 10, yeah. we could make it 33 and he's got 10K left and it's, it's devastating to right. call and be wrong, you know? Um, it's definitely better to put them all in, by the way, than to do Yeah, that. you're probably right. Um, is, should we be, is he going to call with, I mean, I guess he's going to call with Jack-9 because he blocks King Jack. He's definitely calling with Jack. Is he calling with sets? Yes. I got to believe he is. Maybe I'm wrong. This is one of those spots where you're like, well, I did win $3 million last year, so yeah. whatever. <laughs> I call. I'm not going to fold us at the Chino fucking yeah, Ream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who absolutely doesn't have to have <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I'm worried then that that his betting range should have too much strong value that I don't know if we can get enough folds. So you think we should never bluff effectively? That's a great question. Because well, we, we need to bluff sometimes. Well, then why not this hand? This is a great hand to do it with. Yeah. Okay. So, so we're we on board. Bluff. We're on board. Gino does it. Yeah. Moves in for 43K. Yep. Well, there's nothing to do here as Oliver. We're just... We're just you just bad. have to fold. We have so many better hands to call with. It's shocking. This is, this is why the bet on the river is really quite bad. Yeah. Because, like, we might not have ever gotten a call from a worse hand. Right. Right. But we did get to lose 10K more against <laughs> a worse hand. Yeah. This, this, is, this is exactly why... This is a good... Not exactly why. This is a great example of why it's so awful to have Chino Ream on your left on day one of the main mm-hmm. event. Who else is going to do this? Like, not that many players are going to pull on the day trigger. day one? Yeah. No, even the really crazy... Even, like, very... Like, maybe Mizraki. Yeah. Very few players are going to do this. It's true. Um, and do it well anyway. Yeah. Right? Where they're going to pick the right hands. This is one of those spots, by the way, that we like to talk about where you'd way rather have ace jack here and have gone bet, yep. bet, bet and consider calling because you block the straight right. rather than... Chino never has a set. Bottom two, right. So it's the, there's no value in blocking sets. No way. I don't know if Chino's even moving in with a set, even if he had a set. Right. If he somehow had 8-8, eight, eight, which I don't think he can really ever have. But let's say for a second, maybe he can. Maybe he calls a raise with 8-8 eight, eight preflop, whatever. And he slow played it. I think on this river, we bet again. I think he mostly... He doesn't... What, what value is there moving in? Right. I agree. It's terrible. Yeah. He's going to be like, I just call him so nitty, right? Yeah. 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 So this was, I think, a really bad bet by all yeah, of Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I think, it's a, I think it is a good move in by Chino, but it's really scary to do on day one of the main. You have to also know that your opponent is capable of having some hands that they fold that are better than your hand. Yes, for sure. Well, of course, they're going to fold some better hands, right? Ace, well, I don't know. Actually, I'm saying like they're going to fold Ace-King. Well, Ace-King's actually a pretty good bluff catcher. Yeah. But my fold any, better, but might fold anyway because it's day one of the main Exactly. Event. I think mostly you do anyway. And maybe if you're sitting there, you're like, cool. So he really has to have it at least. Yeah. And, you know, this is what makes me Chino Ream. I, I take all these spots. And when I, when I get it through, like, I have a monster stack on it. And then I push everyone around yeah. forever until I finally blow up. <laughs> you know, which mostly which, happens, but not always. But, I mean, he's still successful, right? Well, I mean, he's in massive makeup okay, right. but for he's, millions of he dollars. Does, he, well, we don't know if that's true anymore. He, he was for a very long time. Yeah. He probably still is. Maybe, but anyway, he does well in tournaments sometimes. He does. <laughs> exactly. All right. Time to wrap it up. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make.